One, two. All right, lovely. Make your way to your seats. There you go. Thank you. So, this summer, which summer is still, you know, it's not over yet, but nearly over. Um, but we've dedicated our Sundays and our weeks to studying um, the book of Proverbs. If you've ever, ever read the book of Proverbs, you know that when we announced that we were going to take a summer to study Proverbs, you were probably like, no way. <laughs> How can that, that, that just sounds impossible. And that's true because with 31 chapters and a ton of content, um, Proverbs is a, you know, it's a chunky book. There's a lot of content and to dedicate, what, two months to studying it was definitely something that um, seemed impossible, um, but, you know, based on how we tend to study books, kind of verse by verse, chapter by chapter. And so what we did was we took certain um, topics that were evident in Proverbs and we focused on there. Um, Proverbs is an interesting book. Everyone knows about Proverbs, whether you're a Christian or not. For example, um, Nelson Mandela, for example, said that Proverbs is a source of practical wisdom that transcends cultural boundaries and speaks of the human condition. Albert Einstein had something to say about the book of Proverbs. He says, Proverbs reveals the profound depth of human experience and the enduring nature of wisdom. Winston Churchill, one of my heroes, <laughs> had this to say about Proverbs. The wisdom of Proverbs has stood the test of time, offering valuable insights into human behavior and choices. Benjamin Franklin, who's some of your hero. <laughs> says the practical wisdom found in Proverbs can help us make sound decisions and cultivate a life of integrity. These quotes represent the diverse perspectives and admiration for the book of Proverbs across different disciplines and historical um, figures. The book of Proverbs continues to be revered for its practical and timeless wisdom and transcends cultures and generations. And so that's why we decided to dedicate two months to studying Proverbs. The word Proverbs uh, basically means a short, clever saying that offers some kind of wisdom. Proverbs, as you guys know, is the, um, is the work of the great King Solomon. In 1 Kings chapter 3, what happened was God appeared to Solomon and said to Solomon, Hey, Solomon, ask me for anything that you want and I will give it to you. Imagine if God was to ask you the same question. Was to say to you, hey... 
Ask me for anything you want, and I'll give it to you. If God was to ask me that right now, I'd say, give me my green card. (laughs) I wonder how you would respond. I wonder what you would ask for. I wonder what Solomon asked for. Solomon didn't ask for more money, more victories over his enemies, because he had haters, he did. He didn't ask for a long life, but when God asked Solomon, ask me of anything and I'll give it to you, Solomon asked God for wisdom so that he can lead God's people well. 1 Kings chapter 3 verse 11 verses 11 to 12 um, gives us kind of God's response to um, Solomon's request for wisdom. It says, So God said to him, and God was very pleased, by the way, with what Solomon had asked for. God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Basically, as a result of Solomon asking for wisdom, God gave him wisdom and said, you will be the wisest, wisest individual of all time, basically. He's the woat. <laughs> that was so cheesy. I read it somewhere and I get it. Wisest of all time. Yeah. <laughs> I read it somewhere and I was like, I have to say that. But then I was like, anyway, whatever. <laughs> so he's the wisest man in the ancient world. Um, and we're told, also told in 1 Kings chapter that Solomon wrote thousands of Proverbs. And the book of Proverbs is a collection of some, not all, of his Proverbs that came from him and was inspired by him. Um, London MacDonald, who's a young pastor in Arizona, said this, the book of Proverbs is a treasure chest of pearls. Or maybe it's a pool of pearls or a basement filled with pearls. Well, whatever metaphor we use, it's a large amount of wisdom. And as a result of our study of Proverbs, and if you've ever spent time studying Proverbs, you would know that it's a large amount of wisdom. And so what is Proverbs all about? The purpose of the book is articulated in the first few verses. Proverbs is meant to help us know wisdom and instruction. Proverbs um, 
helps us receive instruction in wise dealing. Um, Proverb helps us understand words of insight in righteousness, justice, and iniquity. Um, Proverbs gives us prud- gives the simple prudence, and Proverbs gives knowledge and direction to the youth. These are three, and there are three main sections in Proverbs. The first section, chapter one through to nine mostly a collection of letters and notes and speeches and poems from a father to a son. The second part of Proverbs, chapters 10 through to 29, is described um, by Landon MacDonald as the tweet-length pearls of wisdom most people think of when they think of Proverbs. And this section of Proverbs, the main part of Proverbs, has some of the most well-known and classic Proverbs um, around. For example, Proverbs chapter 15 verse 1 reads, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Most of you know that. And most of you have experienced that or experienced the opposite. Proverbs 17.22, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. I know in a room of this size that most of you know what it's like to experience a cheerful heart. That's like good medicine. I also know that some of you know what it's like to have a crushed spirit. Dries up like the bones. Proverbs 26 verse 11 says, As a dog returns to its vomit, so fools repeat their folly. Proverbs doesn't hold any punches, does it? Oh, Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Last week, Wayne did a splendid job helping us understand friendship. And this verse is one of the key verses for why we need friends. There are also lesser known but memorable Proverbs like, Proverbs chapter 11 verse 22 says, A gold ring in a pig's nose is like a gorgeous woman with no sense. During COVID, I had the privilege of going through Proverbs. We were taking a chapter at a time with some of the lads here. I think Dan Biggs was part of it. And I remember coming up to Proverbs like this, and we were like, wow, (laughs) this is crazy. Um, Proverbs 26 verse 3 says, a whip for the horse, a bridle for the donkey, and a rod for the backs of fools. Proverbs 17 12 says, better to meet a bear robbed of her cubs than a fool bent on folly. Proverbs doesn't hold back in not only addressing fools, but confronting them. 
The last part of the book, chapters 30 and 31, contains the promise of Jesus through an oracle by a man named Agur. And the final chapter, chapter 31 of Proverbs, is about marriage. It's wisdom from a mother to a son about choosing the right wife. And I smile because... (laughs) I've had, uh, I mean, I was young at one time, you know, I feel so old in this church. As soon as I turned 40, I'm like, gosh, I'm so old. But anyway, I was young when I was young. Um, And I was, you know, had friends and we were all single and we wanted to get married. We always heard that we should pursue the Proverbs 31 woman. Hey, single guys have heard that, haven't ya? The Proverbs 31 woman. And we were like, who is that? And so we read Proverbs 31, which describes this woman that we're all supposed to be looking for as we date. And then one day I realized something. Like this is talking about an old woman, Right? And it just didn't make sense. And I was like, how is this even possible? And obviously, studying it more, we came to realize that the Proverbs 31 we were pursuing wasn't this young wife we were pursuing, but our wife that we will be with over the years. And I am thankful to have experienced that in my lovely wife, Eleanor. She is. I read Proverbs 31, and I'm like, yes, there's Eleanor. (laughs) I mean it, my baby girl. We're so cheesy, but I love it. Oh, there is so much wisdom in the book of Proverbs. Our series has covered a wide range of topics, including righteousness, fear of God, sexual purity, parent and friendship, trusting God. And I wished we had many more months to explore more of the content of Proverbs. But as we've been diving deep into Proverbs and studying it, one of the things that has stood out to me, and I hope it stood out to you, is this, that even though Proverbs is a treasure trove of wisdom passed down through generations, even though it's this, Proverbs actually beautifully captures God's wisdom and how it relates to our daily lives on earth. More than this, more importantly, Proverbs reminds you and I that seeking wisdom and avoiding foolishness is a task beyond our own abilities. Naturally, we're not good at seeking wisdom and avoiding foolishness. We're awful at it. And so in Proverbs, we come to understand this. We come to understand that if we rely solely on ourselves, we would never choose the path of wisdom. However, 
God has established his king on the throne, and this king lived a life of perfect wisdom on our behalf. So, all the promises found in Proverbs are meant for us. They are, but they're not fully realized yet. We currently live in this tension between what has already been fulfilled and what is yet to come. And that's why we still encounter difficulties in this world. But here's the incredible part of um, Proverbs. With King Jesus leading the way, we are now equipped by God's Spirit to walk in wisdom and avoid foolishness. Proverbs reminds us that our hope for walking in wisdom is found in Christ alone, who is our ultimate wisdom. His grace and guidance are what make living wisely possible for us. And if you don't believe me, there are a myriad of New Testament passages that articulates and talks about how Jesus Christ is wisdom. For example, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Another example, 1 Corinthians 1.30, it is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. And that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption, many others. And so as we seek to study Proverbs, may we study Proverbs through the lens of the gospel, through the lens of Jesus Christ himself. And as we explore it and understand wisdom, we will understand that we're only able to walk in wisdom as we know Christ and seek to live and follow him and so this week as we conclude as we always do as a church you're not only just going to hear from me and my thoughts on wisdom and proverbs but you're going to hear from several others from our church who are going to share reflections on proverbs and how it's impacted their lives and so enough from me Let's hear from them. And first up, we have our very own, sharply dressed all the time. Where is he? Martin Esqueta, everyone. Where is he? Is he all the way? Why did you sit all the way up there? Look how nice he dresses. True Southern Californian. Love you, bruv. All right. Enough from me. Here's Martin, everyone. Bar is pretty low. This is a T-shirt. <laughs> you know, he's he said it. He's not from here. Um, so, in re- reflecting on the the study, one of the verses that kind of stays with me and has continued to stay with me because it's been with me actually is uh, Proverbs one seven, uh, which says, "The fear of the Lord is the beginning of." knowledge and wisdom and fools despise wisdom and instruction uh this verse carries really heavily for me it's actually 
12 years ago, got it tattooed in Hebrew on my left wrist, um, right around the time when I was struggling with a lot of things that I was reflecting on as it relates to the idea of fear, the idea of who God is, the idea of what wisdom is. And when I kind of removed those, to use kids' reading terms, removing the sight words from those verses, you're left with fear, God, beginning, and wisdom. And a lot of those terms, they sound like buzzwords to a lot of people when you just think about it. And so when I reflect on it in terms of what that is, and people think of fear, and a lot of people in this world talk about fear as in fear of the unknown. And when they think about fear of God being something that's unknown, that's what scares them, and that's what drives them in a very facetious and I would say false way to what they think the idea of God is. Paul Washer in what is probably now one of his infamous servants, the 10 indictments against the modern church said, the single greatest hour of idolatry happens on Sunday morning when people worship a God that they make up essentially. And so when I think about the idea of the fear of the Lord, it's more contingent on who is God to you. Um, what is the God you're worshiping? Is it the God of the Bible? Is it the God who stands, who's supposed to be, you're supposed to stand in fear that once a year only the high priest was able to go in after a highly ritualistic time to be able to encounter God in a very limited way and that God and that word becoming flesh through Jesus and that's the same God that we are to fear and not in a we are so scared of him way but yet there is a fear that is righteous in that but understanding that in order to know God you have to know that God of the Bible. Um, and that fear that's associated with it um, only comes from understanding who God is. And to know who God is is to know his holiness. Uh, me and a few buddies are going through a book by J.C. Ryle called Holiness, which really just demonstrates if you understand the holiness of God, then you know God. And if you don't know God's holiness, you don't know God. Um, and then to think about that in conceptualizing, what is then wisdom? What does it mean to me in my life? What does it matter to be able to have that? And the idea that the word beginning means that without the understanding of who God is, contextualizing who his holiness is, um, and what it means to know the God of the Bible, you can only then begin to have wisdom. Meaning if you leapfrog that concept of who God is and start to look at the Proverbs in an idea that is just seeing it as platitudes. It, it takes a long time for people to understand without knowing God what this wisdom amounts to. And it made me realize that through the verse that I mentioned, the verse that stays on my wrist, it's the idea that humanitarianism, altruism are not synonymous with knowing God and, and having holiness and understanding who Jesus is. It comes from understanding who God is and what that means to me, and Obed kind of touched on it, is understanding that it all culminates in who Christ is uh, in, in, in the word, that none of the wisdom that you obtain in terms of just understanding the, the, the nature of it as a platitude doesn't mean anything for your life unless it comes through living out through Christ. And that idea means that we have to understand the difference between what is wisdom by these things just as a mere proverb in the definition of the term proverb or understanding it as a proverb in order to know the Lord more through Christ. And so for me, reflecting on that means the beginning of wisdom is to understand the difference between the wisdom that Paul talks about in Corinthians um, when he says, uh, has God not made the wisdom of the world foolishness? Because that wisdom is the kind of wisdom that looks at the Proverbs and just thinks of it as this is how I'm going to live a life, devoid of God, devoid of holiness, but simply because this is a proverb that makes sense to me in my personal life, absent of a God 
that is the God of the Bible. And so when I reflect on it, that's both my biggest prayer and hopefully encouragement to you guys is to know God from the Bible and worship Christ through knowing that God. And then the wisdom of the Proverbs will make sense. Um, And it's a lifelong learning lesson. And so I hope you guys are encouraged by that. And I think I'm calling up Danielle. I'll dress better next time, Obed. Hello. Um, My name's Danielle. Um, I've been going to this church about a year, and I'm really excited to be here today. Um, So kind of going off what we just talked about in sort of reflections. Um, So... (laughs) Moment of honesty, I was not the most excited when I heard we were going into Proverbs because I kind of view it as like, like he said um, before me, I falsely viewed it as a bunch of platitudes or like fortune cooking sayings of like, oh, if I do this, then my life will be this. Um, Easy formulas. Um, And I felt like that wasn't necessarily applicable to my life because you know, things aren't usually black and white is if you do this, then you will get this. Um, And so going through these series and kind of learning about how these um, are probabilities, not promises, and ultimately pointing back to this fear of the Lord um, was really important. Um, And also, I think through this lesson, I was not only able to view Proverbs as like sort of the the dry desert of the Bible (laughs) with platitudes and stuff, but instead... Proverbs points to the life-giving aspect of the Lord, um, even more so, which is very humbling for me, um, and also very convicting, um, and also pointing out another point in which I view the Bible in a lens of, like, I approach my relationship with God through what I can get out of it, and when I don't feel like an emotional response to something, then I don't see it as valid. Um, but I think just studying Proverbs and pouring into that has been really awesome. Um, and I just gotta say, like, one of, like, so many different parts of Proverbs, as we talked about, were different, focused on different aspects of life, and it's so inherently connected to life, because it talks about relationships, it talks about marriage, it talks about children, um, wisdom is even, like, personified in chapter 8. Um, and in chapter 8, verses 1 through 4, um, doesn't wisdom call out, doesn't understanding make her voice heard. At the heights overlooking the road, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Besides the gates, at the entrance to the city, at the main entrance, she cries out, People, I call out to you, my cry is to mankind." Learn to be shrewd, you who are inexperienced. Develop common sense, you who are foolish. And I think that also speaks to God's desire um, to connect to us because wisdom is made accessible in these places of like heavy populations. But because wisdom is personified, we can also understand that it's a relation. It reflects the relational aspect that we have with God, because in any relationship. If you just sit there for five seconds and then you run off and you're like, all right, I met with that person for today, you're not going to have a really solid friendship with them. What it takes is sitting with them, talking to them, learning from them, experiencing life with them. 
um, and consistency in that, that it takes to develop a relationship. Um, I think that also reflects like our lack of control over wisdom. If wisdom is a person, we don't have control over that separate individual. Um, also shows how wisdom is created by God. It talks about how wisdom was created, how wisdom was there before even humans were created. Um, and it also talks about how wisdom is not necessarily the most, the process of gaining wisdom is not necessarily how we think of it as convenient, but rather God who wants the best for us and who knows the best for us is the relationship with him wants it to be. Um, I also loved the Proverbs that Ovid specifically mentioned today, which is a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed up spirit dries up its bones. And as I've been reflecting on this life-giving aspect of Proverbs and just like the word and whole in relationships with God, um, I can just connect that very much to my own life. Um, at the beginning of this year, um, I went through probably one of the harder um, experiences of depression. Um, sorry. Um, and it's really hard. Um, and I would have considered myself Christian at that time, but I think that also speaks to how Christianity can be like an in-name only thing rather than a relational aspect of it. Um, and <laughs> when you're in that like really hard place, the last thing you want to do is like read the Bible where it talks about like how like in Proverbs where you do this, your life will be better. And um, here I was like sitting in this really hard time in this time of like paralysis and just not thinking that things could get better um, and thinking that I was at a place where I was beyond God's ability to like work in my life. I just, my reaction to that instead of pressing into God was isolating myself from him. Um, and that was definitely a point where a crushed up spirit, its bones are dried up. Um, but I am so grateful because um, God, like any relationship, even if I start pulling away from someone, they can still reach out to me. Um, and God definitely pursues me even still. Um, and this is not to say that like all of a sudden my life is magically perfect, um, but I have seen the way that God has been faithful and has given me life um, in the ways that I've, as I've like, pursued this relationship, he has pursued me, um, and he has poured into my life, um, and given so much life, which is to say that, like, you can be living, but that doesn't mean you have the life that Jesus offers. Um, so yeah, just all this to say, I've been able to really consistently, uh, spend time in the Word, and a lot of this is because I have an awesome group of community who holds me accountable for these things, um, like I said, this doesn't mean my life is perfect. Um, there's still a lot of really hard things about life. Um, but I just press into Psalms 119.105, um, which is your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Which doesn't necessarily promise that the whole path is going to be perfectly lit and we can see every single step that's ahead of us. Um, but rather, 
that aspect of trust um, because God's done it before and he can do it again. Um, and also, I'm so grateful that I don't have to lean on my own understanding as it talks about in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 um, because I can trust in the Lord. Um, and I think, yeah, just very grateful that he is someone that I can put wholly my trust in um, and even when things are hard, just know that he still pours into me um, and see that very tangibly in my own life. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's all I had to say. Um, and now Hayden. <laughs> hey, guys. Um, so when they asked me to reflect on Proverbs, I kind of thought, like, Okay, um, been here for two sermons, um, and the first one was on sexual immorality, and the other one was on friendship. Now, I was a frat kid, so I could talk about both those things for hours. I won't, um, and I'm probably going to lean on the friendship piece, but as I was thinking about it, about the principles and reading through the principles that we went over at that sermon, um, I just thought, gosh, I just, I just love being a Christian, you know. I haven't been a Christian for that long, but, you know, the people I've met, and more importantly, the God that I've met. He's just so great. He's so kind. Um, and just the diversity of people. You, you find a, a love here in the church that you're not going to find in the world. It's just, it's just not there. And that's all through Proverbs and just the, the ways you can make friends here, the types of people you can meet. I, um, we recently did a homeless ministry here at Resonate. Um, we uh, went on, did it on Thursday. And must confess, I dropped the ball. It, it was bad. Um, in fact, when we all regrouped, two of the people from my group, they uh, said they had these two-hour-long great conversations with these two guys that I know for a fact were the two people I first saw and passed by. And I judged them. I uh, was worried about my safety. I was worried about the safety of the people I was with. And I just, I could tell that there was a fear in me that I didn't want to have. So we committed to go, to go out again on Saturday. And um, when we were out there, I felt that same exact fear. I looked at this bridge, and I saw this line of tents. And I thought, nope, not, not going there again. And I'm, and I'm praying. I'm like, Lord, just give me guidance. I need, to, I need to know where to go. I know you want me to minister to these people. I know you want me to share the gospel. But I'm, I'm worried about my safety. And if any of these girls get hurt, it's, like, it's kind of on me. I, I, need you, I need you to tell me where to go, Lord. And I'm, I don't want to go there. <laughs> and uh, in an instant, the brave and beautiful Sophie, she says, can we go talk to those people? And I said, oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> and um, I had some of the most beautiful conversations I've ever had. Met some of those beautiful people I ever, I ever think I could meet. You know, this one lady, she just had these really wise, really heady thoughts that I just love to hear. And this guy, his name was Mikey. He just, he's, he's just, he was almost crying just because we were, just because we talked to him. And, you know, I, I don't know Mikey very well. I don't even know if I can really call him a friend, but that hour-long conversation we had, he's, he's a brother in Christ, and I'll be with him for eternity. And, um, my roommate, Luke, he, uh, he's a real fun guy. He's kind of a pretty boy, you know? Strums the guitar. He's the catalyst for fun. If we're being boring, he's not going to have it. We're going to have fun because Luke's in the room. And I, I'm not that good at that, you know, but I love him for it. I love him for it. I envy him for it, you know? Um, my other roommate, Cody, he's, a, he's an artist, you know? He's a real high-level thinker, just like myself. And, um, but we have completely opposite personalities. Uh, my other roommate, John, he, uh, 
has the same calling that I do, same teacher's calling. Um, but we're also completely opposite. And the one thing that I that I've been learning from all this is that um, this this tapestry that God's putting together with this church, with the wisdom that He's imparting and the gift that the Spirit gives, as He wills, um, is the coat of many colors that God wants to give to His church. And um, that's a uh, I don't know lots of you. Um, don't even really know if I could say many of us are friends, but what I do know is that we're brothers and sisters in Christ, all sons and daughters, all created by the will of God. Um, and you better get used to me because we're going to be together for all eternity. So <laughs> um, uh, that's all I got. So. <laughs> Um, you know what? Stay up here, mate. Um, Caleb, where's Caleb? And yeah, you guys come up here. Um, as many of the Resonate students as possible, come up or stand up. <laughs> come up or stand up. Why not? Um, Wanted to just bring them up. This is just, what, 50% of you guys. You guys are like a whole army or something. It's, <laughs> it's awesome. But the reason why I bring them up at this point is I think um, what Hayden just said was just so wise in reminding us not only of kind of some of the, um, you know, the, the, his thoughts and reflections on Proverbs, but just the idea of friends and transitioning that to us being brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, what, three, four weeks ago, these students showed up at our church. Most of you guys didn't know them. You were like, whoa, a bunch of new young people. What are they doing here? But they were here um, from Resonate Church, um, Pacific Northwest, mostly, West, yep. And every summer, what they do is they dedicate a good chunk of their summer to come to San Diego in order to make Jesus famous, basically. And some of the ways they do that is by um, visiting the homeless and evangelism and serving um, local churches. And our church... Um, we hit the jackpot because we got all of these amazing students who just came and for the last four weeks, is it four weeks? Yeah, have served us um, in the most generous way. Um, some of them are out there now on the balcony holding some of the kids and teaching some of our younger kids. A lot of them come early and help set up these chairs and set up and just are willing to do whatever is needed to make our service happen. As we think of Proverbs, Proverbs is written specifically from a father and a mother and kind of older, wiser people to young people on how they should live. Um, and as we've been studying it, and, I've, as, and as I've been seeing these Resonate students um, serve us, I've just been amazed by how they've been displaying some of the wisdom and some of the key truths of Proverbs in their lives. And so I wanted to bring them up here just for us to give them a huge round of applause to say thank you. So let's give them a huge round of applause to say thank you. Thank you, guys. You guys have, I, I, I love you guys. Um, Caleb, you guys want to say something? Do you want to say something? 
Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we're just so thankful that we get the opportunity to um, to serve you guys. Um, that we get to spend time in sunny San Diego. It doesn't hurt. Um, get to get away from some terrible weather. Uh, Seattle, Bozeman, some not great places. Cloudy. So to see the sun is great. Um, but yeah, we just we we love to be able to um, express the love of Christ to a bunch of different churches um, and and to. San Diego at large. So we're really thankful for you guys that you've accepted us with open arms, trusted us with your kids, um, and to be able to teach your kids about the love of Christ as well. Um, I, I, I really hope that, um, that your kids have experienced that and that you guys have also experienced that. So we're really thankful for you guys. So thank you. Love it. So let's do this before we transition to a time of musical worship. I want us to pray for them. I want us to pray that the wisdom, God's wisdom, that we have explored briefly in Proverbs um, will become evident in all of their lives. Um, yeah, and so let's just spend some time now praying. I'd love for a few of you to pray out loud. Um, that would be awesome for us to do that, and then I'll close us, yeah? So a few of you just pray for the Resonate students, and I'll close us in a bit. Let's pray.
And so, Father, always a joy when I think about and when I see um, the Resonate crew and just been incredibly encouraged by them. And so um, as they close this chapter of this year in San Diego and transition back um, home, um, God, I pray that everything that they have experienced of you would not leave them and that they would be rooted deeper in you. And as a result, they will be able to live wisely in all that you've called them to. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Cheers. Cheers. All right, off you go. You're loving it too much. Get out of here. (laughs) Thank you, guys.